Hi, everybody. I'm Carrie Dahl, and I gave this a lot of thought. So much thought that I had to write it down because it kept me awake last night as I thought about what does the word relentless mean because it's been a guiding word in my life. Being relentless is all about courage. Courage to face a very challenging journey. Courage to face the fears that come with that journey. Courage to listen to your intuition and courage to be unapologetic in your journey to reach your goal. That is being relentless. Thanks for letting me share. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Relentless Podcast. I'm Carrie Dahl, and it's apparently Carrie Dahl Takeover Day, but I have no idea what that means. It was just like I was supposed to start it? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Did you notice that I, I put on, I just realized that on, I should try my Carrie Doll voice. You put on your TV voice. I did. I, I should do it like this. Hey, everybody. I'm Carrie Doll, and welcome to the Relentless Podcast. I'm doing a takeover today. I have no idea what that means, but I'm here with my buddy, Kyle. Absolutely. That was better, wasn't it? It's, I'm going to put on my radio voice. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> I'm not. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no. But it was kind of put but on. I don't think I you have. I don't actually don't think you have a fake. No, it's just a bit more oomph to it i guess i don't know if I, don't I, know. I don't know if i agree with that really no okay you just made me feel better thank yeah, you i don't think i agree with that there are i mean there are some people that you can tell yeah on tv well i don't know maybe they don't i don't talk to them off tv maybe that <laughs> is the way they talk there was a few back in the day when i worked with them I'm trying to think some pretty obvious and oh, i would always ooh. just say like, what do the kids say spill the tea oh yeah <laughs> it is spill the tea or what's the new word that's riz is it Riz or know. something? Um, you're cooler than I am. I don't know that. But so basically, what you're saying is some people you work with had fake TV voices. Well, I don't. I wouldn't call them fake, but it was. I would say it's their comfort zone. That all of a sudden, when the the red light we called it, and mm -hmm. there was always a red light on the camera when mm -hmm. it was on, you were live. So all of a sudden, you know, the voice got more pronounced, deeper. I never had the deep voice. I only had what I had. And I've never. Yeah, I don't think that I've ever. Change. My mom, growing up, uh, she could be giving us like, like just, just so much trouble, like yeah. just yelling at us, and the yeah. phone would ring, and she'd go, "Hello, <laughs> okay, yes, uh huh, oh, thank you so much." That's okay? that's mom voice. I can relate to that. Yeah, and then hanging up, and then right <laughs> exactly. Back and my we laugh. Yeah, yeah, I've done that. I started many times. She didn't think it was funny, but we thought it was funny. Well, so. that's just what you do as mom. That is mom. You voice. You got to bring it when you need to to drive home a point. I don't know if my voice changes. Maybe it does. No, <laughs> I don't think it does. Jeanette has. The, me yeah. and the boys will make fun of her because she's got a phone voice not with like her friends yeah. like if you call or someone called you and be like oh. but like with other people like we can tell yeah. and then we laugh yeah. right it's but funny it's I the same know. as radio television yeah podcasting or when how about when you leave your your uh uh recorded message Hi, it's Carrie. Thanks okay. so much for calling. That's actually very true because yes. mine is, and I tell my staff this because I'll call some staff sometimes like, hi, uh, you've reached Jeff. I'm a relentless youth worker. I'm like, <laughs> that sounds like depressing. Yeah. So you know that trick that if you just smile, your voice does change. It Even does. a fake smile. Yeah. So that's what I do on mine. So it is a, hey, you've reached Kyle Dubay. Thanks for- Is it a real or a fake smile? It's a, you know, well, it's a bit fakey. So is you know it? what? I, well, I can't smile every day all day of my life. So, <laughs> but you—that's <laughs> you, though. Your inner you is always like 
I try to be positive. Inviting. I try to be warm. You have very warm presence. Yeah, about so I you. don't. I don't think it's that fake. Call it. Call it. Tell me if you think it's fake. All right. Well, we. I'll put it on speaker. Okay. Okay. I just called you, so. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Here's the speaker. You got to put it to your mic. Okay. Just hold okay. on. Can you hear that? Yeah. There we go. Hi, you've reached Kyle today. I'm unavailable right now, but if you leave your name and number, I'll call you back yeah. as soon as possible. Whoops. Thanks very much. It's not too fake, is it? No, it's not. That's you. Okay. So that, I that's feel good you. about it. Yeah. I feel good about it. Yeah, I, I've, I'm guilty. I think I have the TV voice on. I haven't changed my, my voice recording in years. Like, I don't even know what's on there. Let's try it. I don't think you did. Like, I, I think it's this like This is five hilarious years to old. me that we're doing this on the podcast, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, for everybody listening, like, I, I would be curious how many people really put it on. And here's the thing. How many people are a one-hit wonder when they record it? How many times do you re-record it to make it sound super awesome? Or do you just say it the way it is? Did you block my number? Oh, I wasn't answering. Oh, dude, that's because, oh, shit. What did I, you I do? Mu- I muted it or something. Well, put the speaker on. <laughs> I, know. I hit mute, not speaker. Jeez. <laughs> Call I, me again. I'm not so good on the phone. Apparently not. This is. Okay, okay here we go. Okay, is it, un- is it unmuted? Is it ringing? It's not ringing. Why am I connect? Oh! Did you answer? <laughs> so everyone listening loser. right now, this is Carrie and I. Uh, this is a pretty normal thing that we're doing. We uh, do this all the time, right? I just, I'm now, I'm curious. Okay, I need to know well, what I sound okay, like. Okay, then, then don't answer. Okay, I won't. Let it ring twice. It's only twice. My uh, voice. And then hit the side button so it goes to your voicemail. Side button. Okay, we'll let it ring off. Your call has been forwarded to voicemail. The person you're trying that, to reach is not oh, available. You're right. That does not sound like you Please at all. Rec- you, wow. That's a total fake voice. Do you know what the problem is? No. Your voicemail does work. Lately, and I didn't even think of this, the last three or four days, everybody I call, that's what it says. It doesn't What's go to voicemails. I don't know. My God, we just spent five minutes on this. This is incredible. Yeah, but it's an important thing. So the whole essence of that conversation would have been, how do you record your uh, voicemail message and what message are you putting out to the world? Are you, it's just the same, Kyle, this translates into your voicemail message. Do you use filters on Instagram? Oh gosh, there's, listen, I'm not not dropping one name here. There's someone I know that uses filters. It's insane to me. Does it make you nuts? Well, it kind of makes me nuts because I'm like, that doesn't even look like you. I know. And like, I, it doesn't like, when I say doesn't look like you, it's a different <laughs> human being. Yeah. I, I have serious issues with filters. And I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. I know not everybody agrees with me, but I, they're like, why? Well, what's wrong with filters? And here's the issue, because w- why are you not presenting the real you to the world? What are you afraid of? Yeah. To just put a picture of yourself out there, like a filter, you can tell when filters are used. So then what's the fear that lies behind that? And you know what that makes me think of? So we're talking about filters mm-hmm. and this is, this is a whole thing for me. So the other day it was some kind of, I can't remember what the award show was in Hollywood. Pamela Anderson mm-hmm. went to this award show, dressed up 
and didn't wear a stitch of makeup. Mm. Like on the red carpet, attended the award show. Like this is as glam as glam gets. And People Magazine posted it on their Instagram. And I think she looks like a million bucks. Sure. I mean, to do that is as gutsy and as real as it gets. But you should have seen the comments from women on that post. Like what's wrong with her? This is not, there's a place and time for that too. But this is not the place. This is a red carpet. She should be wearing makeup. I would have loved to have a full hour conversation. Why? Why should she be wearing so makeup? So it was, what's interesting to me is that it's mostly women that I know. are attacking her for I that. Know. And it you was. You would think that women would be like, good for her. That's what I was expecting because I saw all these thousands of comments and the women were relentless hmm. in their attacks on her. Like, hmm. that's not right to do that. That's disrespectful. So why? We need to wear makeup every day. We, we're not supposed to look like ourselves every day. Isn't that kind of old school? And obviously I'm not a woman and, and I don't do much to present myself. <laughs> but like, don't, don't, don't you think that's old school? I, I, and again, I won't drop names. I know people who, um, you know, they're, they're older now in their seventies, but I bet this still happens. She would shower at night or get whatever, like, you know, some people shower at night. And if she came back downstairs, yeah. She would do her makeup and do her hair again who? because uh, you I'm, had a I, friend. Yeah, I can't say who, because that's the what their husband liked. Now that's yeah. as old school as it gets. Okay. So I think of that person probably being like, "Why wouldn't Pamela Anderson make herself look nice?" And but I look at it and I go, "Pamela Anderson probably looked beautiful." You don't. I'm a very lucky guy, and that's even a bad thing to say. My wife looks gorgeous. She is. With or without makeup. She, uh, 100%. 100%. And so I've never been this makeup like, oh man, I sure like, to be honest, if mm-hmm. Jeanette wears too much makeup, I'm like, oh, I don't like that You're much just makeup. just like my husband. Yeah. I yeah. just, I don't like that, right? But at the end of the day, who the hell am I to tell Jeanette what makeup Amen. to wear Thank or what not to wear? Thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah. Like it doesn't make no. sense to me, right? And, and, and to me, neither. Because I mean, I, I worked 20 years in television. I had a, I had makeup on so heavy. It was like a mask. Right. And my husband, it was funny last night. He just came home. He came home from uh, work late. It was about seven 30 ish. I had, you know, my joggers on a t-shirt, my hair in a high ponytail, not a stitch of makeup on. And the first thing he said to me was, gosh, you look beautiful. And my daughter Allegra melted. She goes, "You guys are the cutest ever." I go, "I don't feel so smoking hot right now. I don't. I haven't, you know, done my hair. I haven't put any makeup on." He goes, "And that's when you look the most beautiful to me." Yeah. So that I mean, I feel blessed that I I have a husband like that who sees me for that. Um, but it goes back to this conversation of why women feel like they were attacking Pamela Anderson for not wearing makeup to a red carpet gala. All she was doing was showing who she really is, her true colors in her face. No makeup, no lashes, no nothing. She had a beautiful, uh, she had on a a white pantsuit, looked like a million bucks. But why, this is the whole point of unmasking. Take off the filters, take off the makeup mask, mm-hmm. and let's just present to the world who we truly are. Because you know what, Kyle, the other thing, do you know what the word of the year was according to whatever organization does these polls? Like, I don't know if it's Wikipedia or Webster's or a dictionary or whatever. Do you know what the word of the year is? Relentless. Well, it was a good guess. Okay, what? Yeah, but it doesn't, like, why does that not surprise you? <laughs> said relentless. It's just constant. Do yeah. you know what it is? Huh vulnerability Mm. Mm -hmm. vulnerability Mm -hmm. 
And to me, vulnerability is just stepping into yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to me. And it, I was having a conversation with my trainer the other day. And his daughter plays hockey for a university out on the east coast of Canada, New Brunswick. And they had a big team meeting. Um, and they were talking about play in these meetings. He goes, what's the most difficult part of being part of a team? I want each of you in one word to describe it. They went around the room. They got to her. Her name is Rain. And he said, in all the years he's been coaching, some 20 years, he's never heard this answer. And that's what she said, vulnerability. Hmm. Because there are nights that you don't play well, mm-hmm. but all your teammates get to see your true colors. Sure. And then there's other nights that you shine. Sure. You think about that on an Oilers level? How does it feel for McDavid to go out there and not have his greatest night and to be roasted by all the media and every other Edmontonian? It's interesting to me that that is the word because in 2023... Yeah. We do live in this time of people sharing everything. Everything. Which back to Pamela Anderson, I also think that that gives people this maybe misconception that they have the right to now share no. that. Oh, okay. Do you get what so I'm saying? Kind of. Give me an example. Well, you just gave the example. Now people are like, I have the right to tell Pamela Anderson that she shouldn't look that way. Now I get that this is as old as time with celebrities uh-huh. in particular. You've gone through it. Um, but I think that some people actually take vulnerability, like me sharing these things as me being vulnerable, which is bullshit. It's yeah. not. It's just you being a mean person. That's right. Like yeah. it's, vulnerability doesn't mean you have the right to be mean to somebody. I think when we talk vulnerability, we, and I, you know what, this pod, your podcast, this podcast, we've had many people be vulnerable mm-hmm. on these things and it's fantastic. I think one of the things that you and I always do is have vulnerable conversations. Always. You know, uh, we talk about everything. Everything. And right. it's crazy. Sometimes I'll pick up the phone and it will dive deep mm-hmm. within seconds mm-hmm. about a topic that we never even knew we were going to talk about. Yeah, well, we were calling to talk about something else and it goes down another Absolutely. avenue. Absolutely. Yeah. In my opinion, vulnerability is power. Mm-hmm. The greatest power anyone can possess. And my friend group now, it's all the people who have taken off the masks. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have, like I, I, my f- closest friends are the ones that are the most vulnerable mm-hmm. with me. Because mm-hmm. I don't like frivolous conversations. I connect best with people who just open up. Let's go deep. Let's talk. So interesting, though, because now, like, we literally could do a, a podcast series on this women versus men on that, though. Yeah. Because it's very different. It, yes. It's, it's very different. I think it's changed. It has changed. changing. I agree with you, but it's still, it's still men are still not as vulnerable mm-hmm. as... You know, I'm a very vulnerable guy. Have you always been that yes. way? Yes. You've when, always when Jeanette, when Jeanette and I were first together. Yeah. And this is, I guess, this is sexist type talk. Sorry if it, or maybe it isn't. Sorry if it is. Oh, Jeanette would always be like, "You're you're just the the girl in this relationship." <laughs> because, okay. Because I was very vulnerable, and Jeanette truthfully wasn't always very vulnerable. Yeah. And I was okay with that though. Like I was the sensitive one. I was like, you know, and Jeanette just kind of wasn't. You know, I was a cuddler. Jeanette wasn't. Bought a king size bed one day. She thought it was great because then she could be like, "See you later, buddy. I'm way over here." <laughs> I, um, I know your wife, so I can say yeah. I see that in her. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, but again, that doesn't mean Jeanette's not this sweet, sensitive, beautiful human being. She just I was the more vulnerable. Yeah. Now over the years, that has balanced out or evened out or whatever that looks like. 
But I've always been a vulnerable guy. I don't know where it comes from. I really don't. Your dad? No, my dad's my dad, not much of a talker. I longed for him to be a talker. What about your mom? Yeah, yeah. But it's not like I sat and talked to my mom about like super crazy serious stuff, you know? Like I, I don't know why. I think some boys can do that with their moms. Mm-hmm. I don't I I don't think I did. That being said, I was quite open with her. I was a bit of a like little shithead though. Like I was I was I pushed all the time. I pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, which didn't have anything to do with vulnerability. It more had to do with, I don't agree with what you're saying. I pushed in, in what regard? Like in an argument that you were always right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it wasn't even a thing of, you always had to be, my mom, my mom kind of always, I don't know, I shouldn't say that, but it, it was a thing of, um, I don't agree with this rule. Like if things didn't make sense to me, yeah. I'd be like, but that doesn't make sense. Like you need to explain that better. And a lot of parents, especially in the eighties, they, they didn't want to no, hear that. No. You know, they were like, no. It's their I, way or the My highway. mom had three signs in the house that said, because I'm the mom, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and she literally believed that. Yeah. And I don't believe that all the time. There are certain things with my kids when they're growing up where I was like, oh, you're going to do this because I'm the pops and yeah. really because I know better, mm-hmm. you know. But back to the vulnerability piece, I find it interesting because if you've got all your friends now you know, most of your friends are, are those people that are very vulnerable and real and, and you can have these deep conversations mm-hmm. with without worry or without any concern of judgment or whatever that looks like. I think it's great. I think for men, it's different. Like I have a few people like, and as a guy, I think I'm lucky that I can say I have two or three men like that in my mm-hmm. life. I wish I had 10. Now, that being said, I do have 10 or 15 guys in my life that are incredible. I love them so much and i i'm pretty sure they love me but i can't sit and have a conversation about vulnerability with them i can with a couple i think it's changing and and it continues to change as as these words like vulnerability being the word of the year comes Mm -hmm. up in more and more discussions and uh you know our kids generation is open to that. Listen, I'm, I was schooled in it. I wasn't the, a vulnerable person. If you had caught me well over 10 years ago, I worked in, in news, six mm-hmm. o'clock news where I was judged daily and I mm-hmm. hated it. Mm-hmm. I hated sometimes looking at Twitter and seeing, you know, that outfit is terrible. That makes you look fat or this is every single night there was judgment. So you tend to put up these walls to protect yourself and not allow much of your personal story to get out there. Only the glitzy parts of your personal story are allowed to go out there. When I stepped into vulnerability was when I started my podcast. Right. And you know who, who the person who encouraged me to do that was my husband, Stephen. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, here I was searching for this big name to kick off the inner circle with Carrie Dahl. And we were getting down to the wire to be able to tape it and get it called, out there. You called me. Yeah. I didn't know who that... <laughs> Well, I thought you meant to discuss it with you, but for you to be a guest, be I guess that now I, I totally missed that. I was that. super busy. Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, that, Sorry, you, you I interrupted no your, time, your no vulnerability time. talk. Anyway, the whole point of that was, is he finally said to me, uh, I know who your first guest should be. And I'm talking, this is like four days before I'm launching the podcast. And I had like 20 episodes already in the bank, but I didn't mm. have the kickoff episode. And I said, you better spill because time's ticking. And he looked at he looked at me and he goes, "It's you." Mm. And I'm like, "Me? 
me. I go, why would anybody, he said, because you, why would anybody want to hear from me? I'm not big enough. I'm not that person. I don't have la 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 la. And he said, because you've never shared on that level. Mm. And if you are asking other people to share, you need to step into that space. Makes sense. Everyone, and I was everyone like, truthfully, Carrie, and you know this, you lived it. Everyone saw you as the six o'clock anchor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you, it's as I hope you don't mind me saying this, but really, you were an object. Yeah. I got an email like that. Right. That after I launched and I told my story and I was super vulnerable in my story, I got an email that's so funny you say that from a listener that said, for all my life since I've been watching you and it's been since you started your career, you've been this bright, shiny, perfect object right. up on my mantle right. in my TV. Right. You know, you presented yourself with polish every night. The wardrobe was put together and she goes, and all of a sudden listening to your podcast about your story, I saw the real you for You're the first human. time. Yep. You're a human that there being. were flaws yeah. and there were things that were broken. Yeah. And for the first, she goes, and I actually, she goes, I, I fell deeper in love with you with more admiration yeah. because to your point, yeah. you became more human to me. Sorry to interrupt the relentless podcast, everybody. Although this is a very good message. We want you to go and check out our relentless merchandise store. That's right. We have launched a merchandise store for all of our relentless garb. We've got t-shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got crew necks. We've got hats. We've got toques. And we're going to be coming out with some more merchandise in the very near future. So please, www.ucan.ca, that's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. When you get to the website, you look up to the top right corner. I think it says, buy our merch. Hit that button, boom, it'll take you there. We really want you to wear our stuff. One, because every dollar raised goes directly into our programming for the young people we work with. And two, because it's a conversation starter for you. When you wear it, people are going to go, what's relentless? You can then brag about how you support an incredibly good organization helping young people. And then you can talk about how you are relentless in your life. That's what we want. We don't want us to just be relentless. We want you to be relentless too. Thanks for your support. And we appreciate you helping us out. Now, back to the show. My brother-in-law once, uh, Jeanette was going to street fight him, des- described... Uh, uh, journalists or like TV people, like news people, like, oh, that's the hair and teeth. That's yeah, the hair and I've teeth heard people. That. Yeah, you've yeah. heard that. It's, it's yeah. a common thing. And it's just such an ignorant thing to say. I always say that about you can now, like, like, unfortunately, I'm the hair and teeth of you can, <laughs> right? Um, but, nah. but it is, it is interesting that that is the way people, but it's, it's the humanization piece. Um, and if you're willing to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. which you are, Yep. Always. I said this last time you were on the podcast, and I know you took it as a huge compliment. I've told people for years, Carrie Doll is Carrie Doll. Like, uh, you've never changed in, in our interactions or anything like that. Um, and that's why I think it's funny we did, we were talking about the phone thing earlier, um, the, the, the fake voice, the, yeah. you know, because in order for us to be vulnerable, we have to actually let others let us be vulnerable. And I think that that's a hard thing for us to yep. even accept in our brains yes. of, oh, somebody will let me be that way. They hold that space for you. If they're willing to. Yes. 
if they're willing to. Yes. Because don't you think some people are not willing to do that? A hundred percent. Because even though as you're telling the story, you can tell people who are in that space and want to hold that space for you and those that don't by the way they look at you. They either look at you with compassion mm -hmm. that tell me more, I'm mm -hmm. here, I'm showing up for you. Or there's looks of judgment like, wow, mm -hmm. geez, that must have really been terrible. Or they don't even reach out or talk to you at all. Yeah. You know, um, listen, we originally were going to talk about Christmas and the tough part of yeah. Christmas and all that type of stuff, which we can still definitely talk oh, we about. We can go there right now. We can go there right now. But, you know, as far as vulnerability goes, I've had, I've had people in my life after Luke died, after my son died, that they don't reach out anymore. And for me, it's, it's, um, I can't blame them. I, I can't, like, I can't be mad at anybody. No. I can't, because there is this whole, we've talked about a grief literacy thing happening and maybe they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do still, or maybe they, they, or maybe they're tired of dealing with it and hearing you talk about it. Exactly. And actually, I think the biggest thing is they moved on. Yeah. They moved That's on. fair. And I think it's natural and I think it's normal. Yes. And I, I don't hold that against anybody. They've moved on. Mm -hmm. And I think subconsciously or consciously, they know I haven't because how do I? Yeah. I can't. So I actually think that some people aren't even giving us the opportunity to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. you know, because maybe they struggle with being vulnerable yeah. or vulnerability is very uncomfortable. Sure. You know, so I can, I can appreciate that. There's, there's a lot of people who just can't go there. They mm -hmm. don't know how mm -hmm. to go there, but to, the reality about grief is everybody's going to go through it one day. Doesn't matter who, it doesn't the, matter who you are. And doesn't matter. And the power in it is once you walk the journey, then you get it. Mm -hmm. Then you really get how it can affect you and infect you. Mm -hmm. And I recently had a, a friend go through it loss. It was her best friend's husband that passed. And she actually came to me for, leaned on me. Mm -hmm. And she goes, now I know what you were talking about all those years mm -hmm. with, you know, the loss of your mom and dad. Yeah. And she goes, I didn't get it. And sometimes, quite frankly, she told me it was exhausting to listen to you. Mm. And I, I, I pre but she goes, now, now I, it's like I'm immersed in it. And it's like this, it, it just infects you and you don't know how to get rid of it. And just when you think that you're rid of it and then it comes back. I said, it's just something that stays with you forever, for, forever, forever. but it's, it's how you live with it and process it. And for me, it's been a gift because mm -hmm. now when people walk that journey, I can show up for them in a whole new way mm -hmm. and I can, I can be there for them as they're grieving and know what to say. Most people avoid grief because mm -hmm. they don't know what to say. Big time they avoid it. And I think too, it depends on the, um, the understanding of it and that grief literacy piece is it, it all depends on that level of relationship mm -hmm. of the loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it really does. And, and I'm not trying to take away from anybody's loss at all. Um, but you, I'll, I'll talk to certain people 
um, and you can tell that they just have a different understanding. And then when you find out who they lost and what that relationship was, and that doesn't even need to mean it needs to be a mom or a dad or a child. It could be like your greatest best friend of all. Like, I mean, yeah. that is heartbreaking. Like there's stuff like that. Right. But again, to me, it, it is, it is a, a vulnerability piece. And, and, um, you know, we were going to talk about Christmas because Christmas is tough and it, it, yeah. we, we don't need to focus on the grief piece. That's why it's tough for me. It's very tough. My boy loved Christmas. Lukey loved Christmas. Yeah. We loved Christmas. We loved everything that came with Christmas, all mm-hmm. the family stuff, all everything. And for me, and I'm not going to harp on this a lot because we can talk about other things around Christmas, but for, for me, what it is, and I, and I think I can say for Jeanette too, but, but mostly for me, it's incomplete. You know, like, yeah. like, yeah. um, truthfully, December 1st, every December 1st, since Jeanette and I were married, December 1st, we, I remember oh, the I first year that. we were married, we barely had any money and we we're like, we need Christmas stuff for our apartment. And we went to Walmart and spent pretty much all the money we had in our bank account <laughs> to buy a Christmas tree and decorations and all this stuff. Yeah. And it became our thing December 1st. And then our boys, of course, as they were yeah. born and we started doing this, December 1st is awful for us. Mm-hmm. We, we haven't put a tree up in three years. And some people say, well, you need to do that. That'll, that's better for you. You have zero clue what's better for me, but it's things like that. So Christmas has become a very difficult time for yeah. us. And we're still, we're trying, we're doing some family things, we're doing this and that. But there are many reasons why Christmas, are. I think of my UCAN youth. Not all of them. Yes. But a lot of them, Christmas has not been a good mm-hmm. experience. They come from poverty. They're, maybe they're at a school where all these other kids are getting all this stuff. They get nothing. Maybe there's abuse going on. Maybe they're like whatever that is. There's so many things around Christmas that are tough. Well, to your point, you know, I, I had a, a rude awakening one year because, you know, my mom and dad have both passed. And my mom, six years, dad, eight years. And, you know, one it, I, it hit me one year, I think after they were both gone about three years, I'm like, I don't have a home to go to on Christmas. Hmm. Like, I, I feel like an orphan. All of a sudden, hmm. that realization kicked in. Yep. Of course, I have my in-laws. They're amazing. I, we have our own family. Um, but that realization kicked in. But I've been doing a lot of thinking about this ever since you said you wanted to talk about Christmas. And uh, I didn't know what you were going to ask me. But I know... For me, I, I changed this with our own kids, my own immediate family being Stephen, Kasha, and Allegra. And you know what I think the issue is? Traditions. Mm. Traditions can be the biggest issue of Christmas and they can create a lot of strife. Yeah. And also this this magical idea of what Christmas needs to be. So you said it in your words, you said Christmas was a thing for Lukey. Christmas was a thing in our house. Well, why don't we make those things a regular part of our life all year long? Mm. Why does it just have to be a Christmas? Why? Why do we only make that baking at Christmas? Because you know what happens if these traditions only happen at Christmas and they're missing? They're devastating. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're paralyzing to people. Mm-hmm. They're like, 
oh my God, how often have you heard people lately say, there's no snow on the ground. We don't have the magic of Christmas. I love it. Are you flipping kidding me? I love that there's no snow on the ground. Right? I mean, and I do too. And I appreciate, like for the skiers, I get you. I think there's a lot more snow in the mountains. And for people who depend on their livelihood, they need snow. I hold space there. But for the other people who are able to work, they're loving this time. Like if they're outdoor workers, construction, whatever, this is allowing them to make money. But here's the thing. Why do we need snow for the magic? Because we've created these crazy ideals in our head that it has to be this certain way. That on Christmas Eve, it's got to be lightly snowing and that um, there's got to be this light dusting and all of these, these, what they are is commercialized ideas. Just like Valentine's Day is the worst freaking shittiest idea of the year. Whoever created that idea, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. For us, Valentine's Day is every day. It's an interesting take. It's an interesting take on the traditional part because there's so, and I think you could say this for yourself. I think you could. There are many things in our lives that we actually really love that are traditional. There are, if we think about it. But if what you're saying is let's step back from those for a bit and see, like look at the positives and the the, yep. the negatives, right? Um, the good and the bad. And you're right. You know, or maybe it's a thing of, I like your idea of like, why don't we spread this out through the whole year? Although I do love that you're talking about baking because you're all like, like Miss Fitness and like, oh, no sugar. And you're like, let's do baking all year long. I can bake without no sugar. And I do. I just love that you're essentially encouraging me to eat (laughs) baking all year long. Uh, You are. Without saying it, you are. So anyways, (laughs) so I do love that the, the, the idea of, like, why, why are we spraying this out? Now, all that being said, this all comes from religion. Yes. Right? This yes. comes from the birth of Jesus. Yes. And this comes from all that. So I get the calendar. I appreciate the calendar. Sure. Like, but... so there's that aspect of it. But I think what you're talking about is some of this other stuff. And, and, and I, you know, it's actually, you're making me think of this because in, in, in my world and, and in, in where my heart is and my mind is right now, there are things I can't do. Yeah. There are things that I can't do. But do you know what I did last night? Hmm. And I haven't done it uh, the past two Christmas. I haven't watched one Christmas movie. Not one. Okay. Because. Um, breaks your heart? It does. It does. Okay. A lot of stuff breaks my heart right yeah. now. And I'm okay with that. Like, like well, it, I, it, I, I, that strength that you, you can acknowledge that. You know that. Yeah. And, and there's, there's no point in saying it doesn't. Right, like as it does, but Christmas movies have been tough, and there's a few that I love, and we watch them with the boys when they're old enough. Christmas Vacation, and then Four Christmases came out, which is a hilarious, awesome. Christmas I haven't movie. seen it. It's hilariously funny, and Vince Vaughn yeah. and 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 this, all these folks, and so I watched it last night. And it was hard. It was hard. I cried a little yeah. during this hilarious comedy because I thought of Luke because mm-hmm. I know Luke loved loved yeah. loved it and. Um, but I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that wow. I did. You know, like it, it, why though? What's at the core of that? Because I'm okay to. That's not moving on for me. That's taking a step forward. You that's know? powerful. As I'm trying to somehow, two and a half plus years in, to reconnect to my son. I don't know what that looks like yet. Like I'm trying. I'm not saying that watching this movie is like this reconnection to Luke and suddenly I'm going to, you know, whatever. But I just think it was a step that I wasn't even planning on. It's not a cold day. I was like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. It just happened. Yeah. It was good. I did it. Um, but back to your point of the traditions, maybe new traditions need to be made. Well, that was where I was going next. Right. So we're 
it became really obvious. There was many times, but I, my mom had a tradition when she was alive that every year on my birthday, she would leave my gift. I only got one gift um, on my chest of drawers in the morning. It was already there when I'd wake up every year. Mm -hmm. It would, that gift would be sitting on my chest of drawers, but it was always the card. Mm -hmm. It was the card. And even when I left home, the card was never late. And the message was always the same to mm. my dearest Tootsie. My mm. nickname was Tootsie on your blank, blank birthday. Mm. And then she would write a message. Love you always, mom. Mm -hmm. And I would get a card, the, the most beautiful. I looked forward to the card more than I did the gift. Mm. And every year the card would come in the mail after I left home. All of a sudden the card stopped coming. Mm. And the gifts weren't there when I woke up. And I remember in university when, when she was still alive and I woke up, my gift wasn't there. I was devastated. And I had to take a hard look at that and going, what about this is so devastating to me? And it's the tradition of it. It's every year it was the same. And then after she passed and the cards stopped coming, it made me so sad. And what about it? It's that tradition of every year I got the same, the same, the same, the same. So I started to look at what I did with my kids that was the same, the same, the same. Because I don't want to have to go through that same level of devastation when things aren't, your phone's ringing. I'm so, it's so unprofessional. <laughs> it kind of is. At least I put my ringer off. It's my off. dad. Oh, do you want to talk to no, him? No, okay. I don't talk to him. So anyway, <laughs> so I, I looked at what we do that's the same every year. My kids are, were asking the same question. Mom, when are you going to make your Christmas crack? Mom, when are you going to make your Christmas nuts and bolts? And they would wait for it. And I realized I had fallen into that same trap of only making certain things at Christmas. And all of a sudden I started to break the mold and mm. I said, I'm not doing this anymore because if things aren't the same one year, I don't want them to be devastated because the reality is this Christmas is whatever day you make it and wherever all that matters at the end of the day that you're together. Mm -hmm. All that matters is that you're with the people you love and you want to be with. So Kyle, this Friday is Christmas for my family. Hmm. We're celebrating Christmas on uh, what day is it? December 8th. There it is. December 8th is Christmas because Stephen and I have to go on a business trip. And then we, when we come back, we're taking the kids away for several months yeah, yeah. and we're not going to, we're going to be in a different location mm -hmm. for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want them to wake up Christmas morning and go, this isn't the same as home. Right. We don't have the snow. We don't have the Christmas crack. We don't have this. So every year I've made a point of creating new traditions yeah. or new practices because we used to celebrate when I was growing up, Christmas was on Christmas Eve and we did all those magical yeah. things. Yeah. And then mom and dad passed and there was no Christmas Eve dinner anymore. Right. So you know what I created with my in-laws and friends? friends an appetizer night mm. and it became a competition yeah. we've been doing it for over a decade now so on christmas eve everybody has to bring two appetizers to our house and everyone's trying to one-up each other yeah, we have so, so many great good food oh my gosh we're doing a cookbook on it but because that, the it's recipes. become a tradition it there you go it's become a tradition there you go because that's not all bad either it's not all bad but i, I hear just what you're saying different so we're going to do that appetizer take on things mm -hmm. with different people this year on a different day. Yeah. I hear what you're saying and I'm, I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. I actually think it's easier said than done. I think that some families, depending on their, even like their life situation, yeah. this is what they're doing because this is what they can do. I, okay. So okay. we have to go there as well. Yeah. You open that door of the, the, the whole thing. If you can't afford to get gifts and um, look, we're if, right if now. You can't afford to even just change it up a little bit. 
Okay. So that's part of yeah. it. That's, that is part of yeah. it. And, and I think that that has to look at it too. But I also think that like, there are some great traditions, but when a massive trauma thing happens in one's life, it can change it. Yes. So I know that when, when Lukey died within two weeks, my father-in-law was saying, oh, Christmas <clears throat> will never be the same. And I thought, yeah, no, thanks tips. You're yeah. right. Like it won't be. And it never has been the same because our traditions were go to their house and we have my parents come to my house. So unfortunately my mom's passed away since then, but like do that. And then we go back to there. It doesn't happen anymore. And, and there's a, okay. b- a lot of different reasons for it. Yes. So now we've kind of started doing something. We go to my sister-in-law's and we're doing this. And but my sister-in-law last year said, I can't do this all. I can't, it's too much. So uh, create new ones. So you know what we're doing? We're catering this the supper. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Nice. Awesome. That's so well I done. I love it. Like that was Cindy, I think it was actually my father-in-law said it to her. Then why don't we just cater it? And we were like, yeah, everyone toss in some money. Mm-hmm. I'll, ta- I'll pay for the whole thing. I don't care. I don't want anyone to have to have all this extra work. Right. So that we can spend time together. And please on that note, can we just, there's some type A's out there. Oh, I could never do that. I would never let someone else make my turkey or I have to do everything. Well, then Come don't. on. Then here's the thing. If that's how you feel, then do it. Yeah. Cool. Good for you. Yeah, knock yourself out. Go. Cindy and my mother-in-law were, but Jeanette was just, doesn't have the capacity yeah. anymore or I not right now. Uh-huh. And Cindy was like, this is too much. And and so I I remember last year going, this is too much. We all got to go to Mexico, but you know we can't all afford, we can't afford to go to Mexico. Right. It's too expensive at Christmas. We would all love to be sitting away, just trying it, doing something different at Christmas. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna do that. And to me, let's try it. Let's see what happens. You know, to your idea of catering, uh, we. Um have a um, blessed with a really lovely group of American friends and we were down for American Thanksgiving some three weeks ago and we celebrated with them and got Mm -hmm. together a few different families and one of them had just you know suffered a a loss in their family so they were dealing with a lot of grief and uh, they wanted to host someone else and then I said no no I'll host the Canadian Mm -hmm. will host I have no trouble doing that and the one that had just suffered the death in the family said let's get this catered Let's split it between all the families and let's just be present for one another that day and not worried about who cooked what and what recipes were used. And is it ready and is it not? Exactly. Let's just show up and visit and really, really be present for one another. And Kyle, best Thanksgiving yet. Food showed up. It was awesome. We, from the second they walked in, drinks. We had some of the richest conversation last night because no one was worried about whether the turkey was going to burn, whether the potatoes were done properly, whether someone forgot or didn't forget to do X, Y, Z. All of that. You know, there's a there's a show on Disney Plus right now called The Bear. Have you heard of the show? Uh, it's a it's a it's a culinary cooking dramatic no okay i'm thinking of something else that is it's it's won some awards it's one of the most unique shows i've ever seen and it's essentially about this like what michelin star is that's what it's called chef Uh who ends up going back i think it's chicago who goes back to this inner city type restaurant that his brother owned and because his brother died and he takes it over and he's trying to turn it into this Mm. it's it's intense, this show. And there's this Christmas dinner scene that they do that is yeah. essentially one entire episode 
that is so chaotic and so intense and so sad in so many ways mm -hmm. and very unrelatable to me in many ways because of the dis I, I come from a little bit of dysfunction but the dysfunction in this family but then so relatable and Jamie Lee Curtis is the mom and she's at, and she should win an award for this one episode I encourage people to try to watch this thing it is crazy to me well, but what did you love about it uh, what what I loved about it was that it I think is very real to what many families, mm -hmm. extreme, like it's very dysfunctional, okay? But it actually made me think of the young people that I work with, that maybe this is what their homes would look right. like. But then maybe not because a lot of them don't have mm -hmm. a mom in their lives or a dad in their lives or, you know. I don't want to get too sad here with everybody. But there are people in this world who don't have any traditions. That's right. And they don't have any... They don't have one thing that happens during Christmas. They don't have one gift. Not that it's about that, but they don't have a gift. They don't have somebody to give a gift to. They sit and they do nothing. They watch reruns on TV because that's all, you know, unless you're Joel Gottlieb and he used to host the 6 o'clock because right. he's Jewish and he was yeah. like, I'll do Christmas. Yes, right? I loved it. Um, on CTV there. And, and so I think... In some ways, we're talking about us that are really blessed. Uh, fair. Absolutely, right? we are. Us that are really blessed. I, I think that at times Christmas is so hard for people that that just don't have things. But some of those folks that I've met are usually the happiest at Christmas. Well, and that's... So ask yourself that. And, and I don't want to come across like the Debbie Downer saying, get rid of all traditions. Traditions... Yeah, you're essentially saying cancel Christmas. Uh, no, I was not. <laughs> not even close. But what I'm saying is I'm challenging you to think about your traditions. Right. And whether you could one day, let's say, a Christmas tradition surprise your son or daughter on their birthday and mm -hmm. do that Christmas tradition on their birthday. Mm -hmm. Like mix it up a bit mm -hmm. so that they can still have their favorites at different times of the year or do something. I do just, love just, the idea of having shortbread cookies in May. I mean, why like, not? Uh, like if I were to walk in why and I'd be like, shortbread cookies, yeah. it's May. Wouldn't that make your day? What a treat. Like, Wouldn't it be? Because that is one thing about the cooking and the food and stuff. It is a treat. It is. There are treats, right? But I hear what you're saying, you and know, I don't disagree. I just take a hard look at what you're doing and why you're doing it and what mm -hmm. purpose it actually serves for your family. Mm -hmm. And two, and this is where I want to come full circle in this point is, like I said, I was talking with someone the other day that was so upset there's no snow. And it's like, it just doesn't ruin, it ruins the magic of Christmas. And I said, hold on. We create our own magic at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And magic is different for every single person. Yeah. And I went down to the mustard seed a few years ago and they have nothing down there. And what a lot of the things I witnessed stayed with me to this day. But let me tell you, I saw a lot of people creating their own magic. Yeah. So what does that look like to you? Mm -hmm. And 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 how can you create magic without all the stuff mm -hmm. without all the traditions without the presence is there an opportunity to do that and um one of the things we do and it's not just at christmas and i actually bought a, a something little to help us along not that we need it is 
on every birthday or any occasion, we do a gratitude circle. Mm. Um, and we go around the table. And if it's birthday, it's a birthday circle. Mm -hmm. And we say one thing we love about that person or one thing that we share. And it leads to some pretty vulnerable moments. Sometimes there's the tears. Best. And um, every time we've done it for someone, no matter if it's birthday, anniversary, you know, an exciting new change, they say that was the highlight of their night. Absolutely. So we try Because you know we've been doing that forever too, right? You have, you too. Yeah, well, because we do circles at work. So I brought the circle process to my family to do birthday circles. And it's powerful. It's so powerful. I, I've heard my dad say things to my wife, like my dad barely talks. And he said things to Jeanette. I'm like, wow, I didn't yeah. even know you like uh, incredible stuff, mm -hmm. incredible mm -hmm. stuff. I, we had a birthday circle once where two of the, the parents were just like, they were choking back tears because their teenage daughter was talking and she'd been through a really rough time lately. And after they went home that night, they wrote us the most beautiful email and that said, thank you for giving us our, even a glimpse at our daughter mm -hmm. back tonight because yeah. it was the daughter we know and love and she hasn't been showing up that way. And when she spoke about her memories and the things that we did together that meant so much, much to her, we always knew that was in her, but we just mm -hmm. haven't heard it for a long mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And it just restored our faith tonight. So maybe that's something that you do to create your own magic at christmas magic doesn't have to have a dollar value but, attached but i, I to love it. that create your own right everyone's like oh the snow is what makes it magic or this makes it magic that makes it magic. anybody can make something magic if they put effort that's in. right what does it look like to you what does it feel like to you and i think the best way to make magic this is my opinion is do something for somebody else that absolutely nothing is more magical than that yeah, nothing agreed. will make mm -hmm. you feel better in your heart than doing something yeah. and it doesn't need to be the most grand gesture whatever the littlest thing done for somebody else that's magic it's magic for that person it's magic for you well you know you know how the saying goes is when you give your time away your life is so much richer 100%. The Relentless Podcast is brought to you by You Can Youth Services, which I am very proud to be a part of. You Can Youth Services is an organization that helps young people move out of harm's way and onto a path of economic independence. If you want to learn more about the incredible work that we do with some very vulnerable young people, please go to www.youcan.ca. That's www.youcan.ca. So find that thing that yeah. is meaningful to you or that you know could make the, all the difference in someone's day. Can I tell you a little short story? Mm -hmm. And right when you said make magic, um, I have to, this was magical for me. I think I got my Christmas magic a little bit earlier and this is the weirdest story ever. But uh, Allegra competes in beach volleyball and last weekend we had to, take a trip to LA for one of her competitions for a tournament we had the super tight connection and um I said to, to my husband Stephen we're never going to make it and he goes yes you are just bring out the kindness in people and kindly ask that you just can you get in front of people you're going to have to do this and I'm so uncomfortable doing that I never let like I don't but in front of people or, or skip lines or anything. So this was really pushing my limits. 
So we go zooming through security. I'm sweating bullets and like uh, breathing heavy. And I'm almost on the verge of tears because I just kept running up to these lines. And we're Nexus card holders. We did that mm -hmm. years ago just to try and make some of the travel associated with our, our company. That's our, our, our kind of our career a little easier. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't, do you mind if I skip in front of you? We're going to miss our flight. We're going to miss our flight. And you know what? Everyone said, yes, yes. Go, go, go yeah. girls. You got this. You got this. I, I just, every person, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Is it okay if we hop in front of you? Is it okay if we scooch in front of you? I did this all the way up to customs. And I we came running up breathless to the customs officer, skipped the whole line. There was a lineup with Nexus. I'm so sorry. Is it okay? Yes, go ahead. Everyone kept saying. I went to the customs officer breathing. And I put down the passports and he goes, did you just butt in front of every single person in that lineup? And I said, I'm so sorry, sir. I said, we are going to miss our flight. If He goes, I don't care. You just butt in front of, answer the question. You just butt in front of every single person in that lineup. I said, I asked, I apologized. I'm oh. so sorry. He says, I don't care. He said, turn around and get to the back of that lineup. Wow. And I looked at him and I'm like choking back tears. And I start my walk of shame back to the lineup. And do you know that this is what restored my face? Here's my, my faith, my little Christmas magic there. Every single person I tried to go behind, they said, no, get in front of me, yeah. get in front of me. No, we want this for you. You've yeah, got to yeah, make this yeah. flight until we were at the front of the line again. Yeah. And I, we didn't even go. We went to the back of the line and everybody pushed us to the front. Wow. And we got a different customs officer and away we went. And we made oh. the flight when they were saying, this is your final boarding call. Because is not a nice person he wasn't but that restores like those little yeah. um random act of kindness yeah. to your point about what's your christmas magic doesn't have to have any price attached to it so if you're in a situation no matter where you are what you're doing and you can extend a random act of kindness to someone like all of those people in line extended to me that was Christmas magic for me. And the, this, the thing is, is when people would, I think that's a great story. And I think that those other people were fantastic to you going, no, get up there. Like, yes. you know, I think that, that for me, what happens too, is it's this thing of, um, and, and don't get me wrong. I want everybody to go and help homeless people and go and help at shelters and go and help the mustard seed and go and help those types of stuff. But it's not just about that. Like there are people in your lives that you know well just go do something nice for them. Mm -hmm. You know, just go. Well, I don't even know what that looks like. Drop off a meal, drive, whatever. Pick up the phone. Call somebody. Pick up the phone and listen to somebody. Whatever that is. Like just that to me is what it's about. And that's where the magic is made, you know. Um, Christmas is hard for people. It's hard for, for me right now. I, I, I think in the future, I think mm -hmm. it'll shift I'm doing some work. I'm doing some grief work. Um, Can I ask you a tough question? Mm -hmm. This is a little practice that I have. At night when I, I'm still learning how to meditate. And so my, medita my meditation comes in prayer at night when I go to bed. And that's when I, I end every night with what I'm grateful for. And I mm. thank God. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for... Um, these lessons um thank you for the health my children um i don't know why you put this obstacle on my my pathway today but i guess i'm supposed to learn from it 
I hope it will, you know, unveil itself. And in the morning too, I pick one or two things that I see and I start my day with gratitude. And it's funny that a little exercise like that kind of changes my mindset a little bit. Mm. And I know that you're, you're dealing with Everest here in terms of the grief that you, that you carry in the path you walk on. But do you think that that at all would have any sort of impact on your day? Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe it's the, the gratitude you have about Luke. Yeah, no, I'm, like I do do a couple things like that. Yeah. I wouldn't do it at bedtime. Um, that everyone has their time. Everyone, everyone has their time. Yeah. Everyone has their time. Bedtime so, is my time. Um, I mean, I don't mind talking about this at all. I, I, I'm currently in a, a 12-week grief group. Wow, I didn't know there was such a thing. For parents who have lost children to suicide, now you That's don't incredible. Yeah, you don't always think because there's not a lot of it out there. I, I don't. There's there's suicide uh, survive like uh, like you know uh, people who have lost someone to suicide. There are some grief groups out there, but this is very specific, obviously, for parents. Now, what's interesting is it's based out of Saskatoon, and it's we do it online. It's called Healing to the Max. Uh, very awesome lady named Jill Cowan who started, she lost her son Max to suicide mm-hmm. eight or nine years ago. And so her and her friend started this and it's it's like, it's well done. 12 weeks and it is intense. It is intense. Describe and the whole, intense. The whole point of it is, is called narrative therapy and the whole point of it is to try to reconnect with your your loved one, not your loved one your loved one because it's really trying to help you have that person still be a, a part of your life and okay. not in the past. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I struggle with that. And that's why I decided to take this and it's hard work. And I, I Monday nights are tough. It's the, hard Monday, work. And it's, it's, it's hard work. The heart. It, it is. It is. And that's the work you need to be doing. So for me, you know, some of this stuff is the, the gratitude piece and, and, um, I'm very grateful for this group because it's a bunch of people, not, not a huge group of people, but it's some parents who they, they, when I say things or when they say things, we can actually understand one another. You know, we truly can understand one another because our loss is very unique um, child loss is unique in general, yes. but suicide, I hate comparing, but suicide child loss is very unique. And, and, um, so part of this is there's different reflections and there's different things you have to do. Uh, you'll laugh because you know how much I, I'm not into crafts or art. I, I hate that shit. <laughs> and yet uh, Jill is very artsy. And so like, it'll be like, and here's your homework. This week. You're going to make a mask <laughs> and it's going to, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't make a mask. Or like they wanted us to paint a picture and I'm like, <laughs> not happening. So like, I, I don't do the artsy things, but it's just what you're reflecting on. And I do yeah. differently. Maybe yours is splats and no. big strokes. No, and- you know, I was a fo- instead of painting a picture, I did a photo i picked a photograph and and um but anyways it's it's really interesting because part of this is about the gratitude stuff right and how do you actually step back and i'm not fully there carrie like i'm not oh i would be shocked if you were yeah, i'm not it's only I'm, three years i'm not, not even it's two and a half just over two and a half and i'm not i'm not even i don't even think i'm close to being there as far as as some of that gratitude stuff in my life but that being said this program I'm in and 
talking with these other people and putting this work in, it, I, I have, how about this? I have more gratitude today than I did when I started this thing 10 weeks ago. That's what it's I'll powerful. say. It is powerful. And, um, and you need to know too, I mean, after Lukey died and, and in those first two and a half years, because uh, October 5th was two and a half years, it's it, it definitely there's there's gratitude. I've had gratitude about things in my life. There's yes. no question about it. But you know you know exactly what I mean. This overarching gratitude stuff. It, it became difficult for a while, and I feel like little steps are being taken to to maybe get some of that back. But I'm I'm fearful to say that to people because they'll go, "Oh, that's good. He's getting better. He's moving on." Why are and, you, Why are you fear, because fearful? Because that, that is the way that people have literally said that to me. I've literally had people go, you know, it's like because they, they want you to get they, better. They, they want, want the old better. Kyle. They want back. old Kyle back. But let me yeah. say this to anybody who knows me or anybody who knows somebody who has had this extreme loss: the old person isn't coming back. Exactly. They're not. It's like ever. you've suffered your own loss. Yes. Your own death. They so are not coming yes. back. There is a before Kyle and there is an after Kyle, mm-hmm. and that is the reality of it. I still think a lot of before Kyle is here. I still think there's a lot of the characteristics of who I was and who I want to be mm-hmm. and all those things here, but there's some stuff missing now. Yeah. And if people aren't willing to accept that, then honestly, <laughs> get the yeah. fuck out of my life then. Right. Like yeah. it is what it is, but you are correct. That's why people, so then I'm fearful sometimes because I don't want people to be like, oh, he's better because then, well, what if they don't want to be vulnerable with me? What if they don't want to let me be vulnerable back to that word? Mm-hmm. So that is a fearful thing that, yeah, that we have. Yeah, but you'll know that within a few you minutes. You know it literally within minutes, yeah. right? And they always say when you experience intense personal growth, you're bound to lose some friends along the way. Absolutely. Because they don't want you to change. Right. It's the same as business growth. When you see certain people, you know, entrepreneurs yep. climb the ladder and taste success, yep. you're always going to, and if they're doing things to better themselves and their business and grow and become, you know, seek education mm-hmm. and learning, you're going to lose friends along the way Absolutely. with success that happens because people don't want you to grow. They well, want with, the same old Kyle, with, with the same old Carrie. With anything that happens though, with yeah. anything that happens. Like, but your true friends will always stay by you. Change is hard. Yeah. Change is hard. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. And back to the relentless aspect of life. If you want change in your life, you have to be relentless, but you have to accept the fact that it's hard. And what we're talking about right now, you're going to lose some people along the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. You're going to. And that's okay. It's okay. Because maybe those people aren't your people. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're growing and you're progressing, I, it's happened to us. And I'm okay with that. I just release them with love and gratitude. I'm not mad at anybody. Not, no, it, it's I, a, they were all I, contributed I to no your learning. I no ill will. They contributed <laughs> to your learning journey. That's sure. how I, when I release them, I think, thank you for the lessons that you taught me along the way. Mm-hmm. Grateful for that. My mom used to say, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Right. And when those, either one of those threes present itself, presents itself to you, then you know whether you're releasing. Mm-hmm. Is it a reason? To, to teach you something, is it a season mm-hmm. or is it a lifetime? Mm-hmm. And be okay with whichever one it is. Yeah. And I am. It took me a while to grasp onto that because I think I have these certain friends and I'm like, oh, we're going to be friends forever. And no, oh, I've lost a few friends along sure. the way, especially over the, I've changed a lot over the past 10 years. Like yeah. since I've left T- CTV, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of things about me have changed in a mm-hmm. great way. Mm-hmm. Well, know, it's growth. 
Yes. It's growth. It's life growth. And if if we stop growing at any point in our lives, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? I, 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 You know what? I get frustrated with old people sometimes. Why? Because I'm like, you're supposed to be more wise than that. They are. They're our Google. Don't you think? No, not when they're racist, bigoted idiots. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, but can we judge them? But that's the way they were a product of their environment. That's how they were raised, and they've never been taught better then, then, until then, someone schools then, them better. Then learn better. Or then, then they should be seeking knowledge. Yes. yes so that's my point. That's okay. my point. Is that's, that I think di- that's if, different. If we are not seeking knowledge and trying to grow all the time, mm-hmm. then come on, like we have to. So that's where, and I, well, I, that was a pretty blanket statement. I get frustrated with old people. That was a broad people. stroke. I don't mean all old people. Yeah. There's been a few in my life where I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. I want wisdom from you, mm-hmm. not that stuff, right? So it's growth. And, and at the end of the day, we always have to be trying to grow. And, that, and, and you know what? We've been left behind from people who have grown. Yes, thought, we have. Because we've been like, I don't know if I like that. Yeah. You know, and that's called life. It happens, you know, and as long as we accept that, that's all right. Um, I'm really, thank you for sharing. I just want to loop back to that about what you're going through with Luke and the, the growth that you are seeking in your life. And because um, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, I shared this with you but if i i might have shared it with you but i've never shared it with your listeners and it was this will be the first time i think i've ever spoke publicly about it your podcast has gotten a few firsts from me hey like hearing loss was last one and this one and i share a story with you and i don't know if this story is going to make you feel better or worse but that's not the intent of why i'm sharing it i want i'm sharing it so that you feel it helps maybe perhaps normalize some of what you're going through. Because I had a brother when I was seven years old. My brother, Jack, was killed by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Hit and killed by a drunk driver. And my mom will tell you, like the we used to talk about it a lot when I finally got to old enough to understand it. And you know now, she says, there's the loss of a child, the death of a child is there's words defy that experience you can never ever understand what that feels like and um the only way I could understand it was like I lost a sibling but was through my mother's eyes and Mm. and her actions and her reactions to things and so I know his death was May 7th 1977 and every single year on May 7th my mother would call me and say pray for your brother Jack Mm. I remember the 40th anniversary of his death. My mom called me and said, pray for your brother Jack today. And where it really sharpened my focus of understanding of the magnitude of that loss, to your point, Kyle, about losing a child. And then there's even another layer. You're not comparing, but the when suicide is part of that layer. But for Jack, I mean, mom had to go into surgery. And when, when Jack was killed, let me back up for a second, um, he had a, a gold necklace with a crucifix on it mm. and he never took that thing off and that was removed from his body when he died and my mom put it on it was the first thing that the rcmp gave her after they came and delivered the news and yeah. whatnot <clears throat> and she put that gold chain around her neck and she never took it off ever mm. ever mm-hmm. and um i think it was just that symbolic thing that helped her feel close to him or keep a part of him close to her. Connection. So that connection. So 
um, mom went in to have cancer surgery two years uh, prior to her death. And my mom was the sweetest, gentlest soul. And we were sitting there uh, getting, she was getting ready to be wheeled into surgery. And the surgeon came up and her name was Sabina. He goes, Sabina. He goes, the chain around your neck. You know the rules about jewelry. We spoke to you. And she goes, listen here, doc. You take a walk and I'll, and I, give me a moment. Like she spoke to him so sternly. I was like, where did that come from? Yeah. He walks. And she looked at me and she said, Toots, please, with tears brimming in her eyes, she goes, this is all I have left of Jack. And I put my head down and she put the necklace around me, around my neck. And she goes, please protect it, please. That's all, like she's going into major cancer surgery and that's all she could worry about was the necklace of her dead son. Hmm. So my mom was in surgery for three and a half hours and I walked nonstop for three and a half hours with my hand clutched on this necklace. Yep. And then I went and sat in the recovery room with her. And when she came to and opened her eyes, the first words out of her mouth were, Toots, Jack's necklace. Yep. She just needed it. And as soon as I, I took it off immediately and put it on her and she just laid back and was like, oh. Mm -hmm. So that, that is, to your point, the, the ex it's a lot of different things. The extent of a parent's love, the extent of a parent's grief, the journey they walk without their loved one, um, and so many other things. But, you know, I'm thinking back now, tying Christmas into this whole thing, we always found ways to remember Jack hmm. during those special times during Christmas. I think we often set an extra plate for him. Hmm. There was always a plate for him at the table. Mm -hmm. And then it, you know, soon the memories, you know, brought us joy when we would talk about him instead of so many tears and lots of stories and mm -hmm. lots of laughs. And, mm -hmm. but it is one hell of a journey. Mm -hmm. And we're not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet as far as, and thank you for telling me that. Like you're, It, it, it that to me just shows like your mom, your mom moved forward. She never moved on. Mm -mm. Jack was with her every single day, every right? single and day. That's what it is for us. And um, you know who's been able to do that? Like the the save a seat uh, thing is Luke's buddies. You know Luke's buddies. Oh gosh, I'm gonna cry. Luke's uh, Luke was a Calgary Flames fan. Unbelievably embarrassing. Yeah. Why? Uh, Honestly, Why did he I'm, not, the I'm not making this up. Um, when he was a baby, uh, Jeanette, this is a true story. Jeanette came to my work once, stepped in a pothole, fell, landed right on top of him. Boom, I guarantee that's why. Hit his head, something happened to him. <laughs> I can't even I believe you just it's, shared it's that true story. story. True story. She's going to kick your ass no, it's for true. sharing No, I've that shared story. it many times. True story. Oh my I think God. that's why he's a Flames fan. Um, and also because I think... Did she? Did that really happen? That did happen. She For did fall. real? She did fall. Wasn't she didn't do it on purpose? But she fell. And I she, know. And he was all crying, and and I I he and I just looked at him and I said, "He's a Flames fan." No, I didn't say that. But I, okay. but as he became a Flames fan at five years old, I was like, "What's going on?" But anyways, okay. his buddies um, uh, last last year. Uh, I'm trying to think. Maybe it was 2021. Luke died in 2021, so it would have been the next regular season, 21-22. They went and bought tickets to the flames game and they bought an extra seat and so three of them sat here three of them sat here once you know the empty seat in the middle and how brave but yeah it's incredible um those boys came to my comedy night fundraiser mm -hmm. last year and i remember that and uh, you know when i was they said oh yeah we'll come but you gotta have an empty seat for lukey yeah and that to me was 
very difficult, very difficult. But I'm glad they they pushed it on me. And, and they found they their did. way to honor him. Sure Isn't that did. beautiful and powerful? They, they found they a way very early on. They did. But that's freaking hard. Mm -hmm. To look at a big table filled with boys and to have one empty seat. Well, there is, but it's so beautiful at the same time. And a seven seat is empty, right? And so then I, when at Carmine, I always, my boys are there, I always acknowledge yes. them, right? In the room. And Luke never got to come to a comedy night because they, they had to be 16 to yeah. come. And Luke, because of COVID, they got canceled and he was 16 and he didn't get to come. Yeah. So I found those hard anyways. And then the boys, you know, they insisted on that. And so I'm up on stage and I acknowledge, and my other two boys are there that night. So I acknowledge him and I, I acknowledge Luke because of his friends. And, and that was, that was a powerful thing. And, and, um, anyways, you know, back to the Christmas stuff. Here's, here's what we can end that conversation on. If you love Christmas, awesome. Well, I love Christmas. Sure. I just write my own rule book. Sure, which is great. I don't go according to what's out there. Yeah, and if you don't want to change your traditions because they're awesome, don't change them. No, I'm not it's saying awesome. that you have to. No, I don't I'm think we saying, are. find what works for you and your family. That's right. And don't let society or the magic mm -hmm. of the season dictate what you have to do. Right. You right. know, write your own rule book yeah. about what really serves your family. That's right. And like this Friday, we're going to wake up and I'm going to say, it's Christmas today. Mm -hmm. And we'll go, yay. Yeah, yeah which is awesome. Which is awesome. You know, and and you, know, you know, I take a double XL in shirts. Because <laughs> I think I'm, am I invited? <laughs> anyways, anyways, we'll talk after. Um, You're always invited, always Kyle. Always invited. But it might be a little awkward if you showed up. That's true. Actually, it wouldn't. Because on Christmas Eve back, this is something we used to do as our family. Yeah. We'd always go to midnight mass, raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. And my mother, I mean, we had, uh, I have nine siblings, so right. I was the 10th. And um, we would have midnight, after midnight mass, we would have dinner. Yeah. At yeah. like two o'clock in the freaking morning. And that's where you but open gifts too, right? We would open before. Okay. But gifts for, uh, we only, we were not of wealth. So of, one gift well, was all we had. No course. stockings. Of course. One little gift was all that we ever kids? got. Gosh. So it took no time at all. But mom would invite anyone from church who didn't have a place to go. Nice. And we used to have so many people yeah. come and eat dinner with us. So there oh. was always extras around. Yeah. So having you around in our house, that would seem quite normal just to me. Rando. Yeah, just, just a rando. Just a rando. We would let everybody come join us just I as long it. as so we could spread the Christmas magic. I love it. We end every... Well, this is yours. You took over. I kind of did. So you need to... We were all over the map today. Oh, gosh. But I, I love conversations like this that just the issues come up, you dig into them, you go deep. And well, we're, we're, this one's coming out right before Christmas and we're going to take a little breather. We're going to take a couple of weeks off, not yeah. put any podcasts out. So this okay. is, I think this is good. I think this has been a great conversation, but yes. you do know that we end the podcast with the relentless quiz. Yeah. But we've already right. given you... Yeah, you've already, so I get to give it back to you. Mm, okay, because I've never taken it. Now, where is it? It's right I here. I know, I thought there's only one question. One question? There's 74 questions. There's, I don't know how many questions there are, but those are the questions we ask. It's scientifically proven, but I've never taken it. And part, <gasps> oh, and part of me, part of me goes, I don't know if I should take it because I'm the host and I invented the quiz and that like, I don't know. I think you, you should. Do you have another quiz? I, and then at the end, can we can we um, wrap up? Just so, so I'm taking over, so I'll just create the rules yeah, as I go. Yeah, you do whatever you want. Yeah, um, with our, our our wish for people this Christmas. Sure, okay. Yeah. 
Okay, mine's going to be pretty simple. Okay, so here goes the script. I'm, gonna put, I'm not going to put my TV voice on because I don't have one. Kyle, mm. thanks for this amazing takeover episode. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for taking over. <laughs> I really hope that some people find this to be a useful resource. This, I'm reading this, by the way, everyone. Oh, Before, this is what do we do. I we actually have this written. Yes, down. I'm, oh, I'm, shoot. I'm reading this. Okay. Before we go, you've previously taken our scientific relentless questionnaire, which is how we end each episode. So if you're game, here it goes. Okay. So now I, I just read Kyle's script. He was pretty shocked by his script, by yeah. the way. He must have a great producer. Um, Glenn Wynn, unbelievable producer yeah. that I feel Shout bad for. Shout out to Glenn. Because yeah, I'm, I'm so off the cuff. All right. I, okay. So if you're gamer here, it goes. Let's go. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Oh, City. I hate vegetables. What? <laughs> I know. Can you I, do me a favor? Uh, can no. You uh, yes, you can. Do this for me and for your family, but mm. most importantly, do it for you. Mm. Introduce one vegetable into your diet this okay. year. So Make this, it a goal. No, this is what I will tell you. I'm, I'm being pretty dramatic. I eat way more vegetables today than I ever did as a kid, but I was not a vegetable guy. So I do eat some vegetables, but I would rather... I love oranges and bananas. Oh my goodness, they're so delicious. Great. Introduce a vegetable okay. and it doesn't matter. One, one new one this year. Okay. City or countryside? City. Really? Yeah, I need to, I need to be close to a store I can buy smokes at. <laughs> That's the other thing. That's a whole other podcast. I just, for the record, I'm really, really mad at you that you smoke. I know. And I'm just going to say that. Mm -hmm. You only got one body, buddy. I know. I Can know. you please treat it with respect? Okay. Okay? That, you're being Think harsh. about that. You're being a little bit mean. Well, sometimes I, I have to be mean to get the point across. Okay. But just I, I, take it to heart, please. I will. <sighs> dirty bathroom or dirty kitchen? Dirty Gross. kitchen. Oh, God. Actually... They're both disgusting. They're, they're, they're both bad. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, I'll just say dirty kitchen. Okay, salty or sweet? Uh, salty. Yeah, me too. Bag of chips. Mm. <laughs> Morning or night? A night. I'm a night owl. You are. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like how late? I go to bed on a weeknights. One. <gasps> no wonder I never get back to your text. I'm in bed by nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Nine mm -hmm. usually. Yeah. No, yep. I'm a night owl. That's late. Is that just when you when you fall asleep? Yeah, I don't like. I don't like going to sleep all the time. I got That's you. other shit. Okay. <laughs> Favorite comedy movie? Oh, I want to hear this. Oh, that is a difficult one. <gasps> and it's so funny that I, I felt like I knew this was happening. And you didn't um, know the answer to it. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm I'm going American Pie. Oh. Yeah. I'm going American Pie. And okay. then there was American Pie 2. Then there was American Wedding. And, and I just remember these were late 90s. Uh, Jeanette and I were newly married. And Jeanette never really went to the movies with me a lot. She's not really a movie person. She like, isn't? She is, but she'd rather just be at home and watch it. Okay. That's the way she's always been. Yeah. Jeanette's always been a bit of an introvert that way. Yeah. So, But for some reason, those movies would come out near or on our anniversary. Like very near uh, our anniversary, which is August 10th, by the way, because I'm a good husband and I know that day. And Jeanette would go, okay, well, let's go to a movie. And I'd go, and Jeanette laughed so hard at those filthy, <laughs> dirty, raunchy teen really? movies. And it made me laugh even harder wow. that she laughed at Stifler, the rudest, crudest character in like 
potentially movie history and she just thought he was the funniest guy i have to go back and watch that movie because it's been years and years oh, and i don't so remember outside. it i don't so remember outside it. but uh so yeah i'm gonna say that one but okay. that being said i could list 100 i yeah, love comedy I I and i love comedy movies well it doesn't surprise me yeah. big party or small gathering mm, small gathering yeah though. Phone in the bathroom or absolutely. no phone? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm TikToking yeah. in there like a mofo. Right. Okay. Mm. Well, now I know where they're all coming from. Yeah. My toilet. Uh, love song. Uh, favorite love song of all time? You uh, 2 All I Want Is You, uh, Rattle and Hum. I think it's the 16th or 17th track. How many times have you seen You 2 15. 15? I know people that have seen them like 200 times, though. Come on. Yeah. Who on earth has seen them 200 Weirdos. times? Weirdos. Weirdos. People think I'm weird, for, but the people have been probably two, three, four hundred times. They'll follow them a whole tour. I've met people online at concerts. And they're like, yeah, we're, we, we're going to every show this tour. I'm like, do you have a job? Like, how do you do this? So, no, I've seen them 15 times, but I think I'm done. I think I'm retired. <gasps> I think I'm retired. We have one more time. I've only seen them once, and it's Steven's favorite band, yeah, too. Yeah, I know. And um, we don't buy each other Christmas gifts. We give each other Christmas memories. Yeah. And our memory this year you is... You want the sphere? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in two, a week. Yeah. Yeah. I've decided Have not to. Have you seen to. them in the sphere? No, I've decided not to. <gasps> decided not sure? to. This, this whole other podcast episode. Yeah. Because it's, it's a lot. It's a big conversation. Yeah. It is? Yeah, it is. It's about Larry Mullen Jr., the drummer not being there because his shoulder's all messed up. It's about... Uh, I have mobility issues, as you know, with my feet and stuff. Yes. And like the sphere is... Like, I think I'm going to yeah. wipe out. I think I could have a seizure in the sphere because just because I just think, oh my gosh, all the lights. And that's not a health thing. I just think, my goodness. And I have this little thing about like, guys, are we done? You two. And this is very controversial for you two people to hear. But I look at the Rolling Stones, who I love the Rolling Stones. And I'm like, guys, you probably should have stopped a while ago. And I've been talking about this with you two for about five years going, do they, all that being said, you're I talking totally to you about get, this with Bono? No, he won't call me back. Okay. I totally get why U2 is playing the sphere because it's U2. Amen. And because they yeah. are the innovators of so many things technology-wise as far as live music goes. So it makes sense. But I just, I could have went. Some of my buddies went and I didn't go. Kyle. My U2 buddies went that I've been to like six seven eight shows with in well, different you don't cities have to climb a stair just go on the floor and get tickets there no, i know i just maybe didn't. it would have been healing to you maybe maybe you need know. to reconsider maybe maybe and then you tie a big bow on it that way yeah maybe anyways food for thought that's my favorite love song all i want is you okay you too cake or pie that's a tough one but i'm going pie a good lemon mm. meringue pie oh yeah i can appreciate that yeah. Describe your relentless podcast experience in four words. It was truly fun. That's so Is lame. Is that lame? Um, I bet you answered. Did someone actually answer that way on your podcast before? I you really enjoyed it. it. Um, You're counting Carrie on your fingers. Because I'm not smart enough. <laughs> Carrie Dahl is awesome. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I only get three and a half on that. Kyle DeBay carried all. Um. <laughs> you didn't get that. I said I only get three and a half on oh, that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Come uh, on. Give me something. Uh, well, I don't know if I can do it four words. Uh, Who says it has to be a sentence? I, I think that, that... Maybe it's random thoughts. No, it is. Uh, funny. Mm. 
Uh, Come on, the word of the year. It's getting there. That'll be the fourth one. Okay, fine. Uh, so I think funny. I think uh, I'll say honest. Um, I think random. Always <laughs> random with random. us. And I think vulnerable. I do. Yeah. yeah, we were vulnerable. I would agree. Okay, Christmas wish for people. I'll go first. Okay, you, you go first. Closer. Uh, my Christmas wish for all of you listening this year is that you find and create your own magic, whatever that means to you and to your family. Whatever that looks like, whatever that feels like, find Christmas magic that somehow brings you a little bit of joy. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful wish. My wish is that... Christmas will be as gentle on people as possible. Oh, that's beautiful. That's what I wish for. I like for. that. That's I what like I that wish a lot. For. Kyle, thanks for the gift of the podcast today. Thanks for taking it over. And um, folks, if you want to find out about You Can Use Services, um, you, well, I'm pausing because I'm like, do I say, go donate to us. Because we actually help young people uh, all the time. And, yes, you and, do. And we need more monthly donors. We do. We're trying to build up that base as we do some incredible things here in the, in the next few years. Um, www.youcan.ca. That's Y-O-U-C-A-N.ca. There's a lot of stuff on there. You can find out about our programs. You can find out about all of our merchandise. I need to get you a new crew neck. Um, and just please go and, and check that out. Give us some support. Uh, the young people we work with are incredible. Actually, the episode that was put on this week was uh, the first time we've ever done it. We had one of our young people. Her name's Lisa. <gasps> so I'm encouraging people to Fun. go and listen to that episode yeah. if they haven't. She was very nervous, but she did a great job, and I'm so proud of her. And uh, we're going to have more young people on this podcast because it you makes should. sense yeah. to tell their stories. Um, Amen that to that exciting. idea. So thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Kyle. Sister. Back at you, brother. Uh, uh, everyone, I hope you have a good holiday season. And until next time, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you in the new year. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. This series is proudly produced by the team at Road 55. Road 55 creates content that connects. For more information, check our website, www.road55.ca.